Okay. Well, I'm I'm a, I'm gonna go ahead and get started since we got I mean, a number of people. I'm not used to this. Usually, I start five minutes after. <laughs> but this is great. This is awesome. So, um, good morning, everybody. I um, pray that you all had a great week today, um, this week, and um, I'm excited to get started with this lesson here. Um, we're going to be looking at the first Bible study method, which is a devotional method. Um, I believe that um, a lot of people have received their books. Um, some have um, ordered them this week, so they should be receiving them next week. Um, so we've been getting a delay in some of the shipping. So uh, I guess because of the what's going on, but um, I believe most of you all received your book. Um, and I hope that you all had a chance to read the preface and the introduction. And um, also, I, I um, encourage you all to go ahead and start reading the first chapter, which is the devotional message. And so um, before I get started, though, I wanted to, to see if anybody had any questions or um, some things that you um, read and it was a really good point, some aha moments or something. Um, so if you all have anything to say um, or um, have any questions, you can go ahead and ask that or say right now. Just a reminder, everybody that comes in this class will need to unblack their screens. We need to see everybody that is in this class. Somebody got to see how it is. Yeah, I think they're trying to connect right now because it says connecting for the person that's screen blacked out. So, um, everything, everybody's okay with the reading and have an understanding of Matthew's lesson and all that stuff. I was just gonna say that um, as long as I have been in church, <laughs> I was kind of not shamed, but like I kind of like had some like. Oh dang! Like, how can you be in church all this time? This time, <laughs> and um, like, not really know. But I think for me, the thing that stood out was like, you actually need to write stuff down. Yeah. If you're studying, like, you can't just read it and think you know something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because you got to dissect it, and how can you just dissect everything in your brain? Right. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Yep. It definitely helps to write stuff down. Um, yeah, yeah. Like you said, like you, you grow a greater chance of um, remembering the things that you study um, when you write it down rather than just reading it and walking away or whatever. <laughs> so your, your brain is processing, you know, the things that you read and you're actually putting it in your own language so that you're able to retain it better. So, um, yeah, good, good. Yeah, because I'm like, you know, we had the same upbringing in church. So, like, we weren't really uh, encouraged to um, study on, on this level. Um, you know, you had your Sunday school, you had, you know, your children's church and all that stuff. But when it comes to um, just learning what the Bible is and how to study it, that wasn't really offered um, to us. And they uh, reserved it for those who are in seminary and those who are in Bible college. And we leave it to our pastors to do and all that stuff. But um, it is it's definitely available for us. And it is encouraged um, through scripture to study, to study um, the word of God. So yeah, 
Good. Anybody else have any um, good points, takeaways from last week or anything from your reading that, were, that was good? Uh, I highlighted so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can just uh, say that um, <clears throat> I was challenged yeah. um, by uh, interruptions. Okay. Interruptions. Interruptions. Every time I went to grab the uh, book, mm -hmm. I was interrupted. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I said, I know that's not the enemy. You know, is it me? You know, and then I was like, no, that is the enemy. Right. Because every time I tried, I, you know, it was some kind of interruption. And so um, you have to find a quiet room. Right. And um, so that's what I did. I decided. I'm gonna come up here, which is supposed to be my office, and I'm going to use this as my quiet space. Okay. Uh, so that I won't have so many interruptions. And, you know, I even had to tell Franco, listen, I'm gonna be up here and I'm going to study. I'm gonna be up here for a minute. Um, <laughs> and I also felt as though the enemy still tried to um, interrupt me by the TV, you know, that he has downstairs. I could actually hear it all the way upstairs. And I'm thinking, oh my God, you know, so here I am closing doors and things like that so that I can put all my focus, you know, in my studying. So. Yeah, yep, that's one of the tricks of the enemy is try to distract you as much as possible trying to frustrate you to the point where you're like, oh, just, you know, just forget it. Uh, like, I'll just do it later. And then we don't really get back to it or whatnot. So, yeah, that is definitely um, the trick of the enemy to try to distract you at all costs. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it is important to create a space where there um, isn't any um, distractions and um, pray for the Holy Spirit to keep you focused um, during the time where he is uh, illuminating some things to you so yeah very good good anybody else have any takeaways or uh i heard her saying that triggered one of the things that the author had wrote in this uh in one of these introductions when uh and, I, and it helped me combat some things that i would blame on the enemy mm. that was really just my habit for instance he said, don't you ever declare you're going to have study time after you get done eating a big meal. <laughs> now, according to my schedule, that's how I operate. I eat, then I go sit up all night and study, but then I'm like, oh, the devil tried to put me to sleep. No, it's just because you done ate this big old feast, and now you want to sit up there and think that you can function through all this food like you're no longer human. You know okay. what I mean? It put me in perspective to say, I have to now flip what I'm doing. And my best times for me is in the morning when I wake up. Right. You know, yesterday I spent most of my morning in my studies, in my reading, and had no problems. And I'm going, I got to stop doing this at nighttime because yeah. that's, that's part of what's, you know what I mean, what's killing me. So it was just like, and another thing he said was, don't. Don't just say every day from nine to nine to ten, I'm a study. He said, no, block out hours at a time to say, you know, on these days, I'm going from six to ten. 
He's like, because them little 30 minutes, he's like, you can't dive all the way in there like you need to. When if you sit there for some hours and you demand, this is my time to spend with God, it'll help you to more focus and get in the groove. And then you'll set your life up around, hey, from 9 to 10, from 9 to 12, don't call me because you know where I'm at. You know what right. I mean? So it's good for me. That's yeah. good. That's good. Yeah. And can I add something real quick? No. This is the funny part. I'm going to add it anyways. Um, I like when he talked about um, um, when is the best time for you to study, you know, when you are alert. And uh, because I had all these obstacles, you know, with studying, um, it wind up being night. I am not a night person. <laughs> So that was a challenge for me as well. I'm a morning person, so I have to do it in the morning. Mm -hmm. um, so that was a, a really good takeaway for me as well, is to do it, you know, when I am more alert. Good. That's good. Yep. Yep. So everybody varies as far as when the um, good study time is and all that stuff. So you'll, you'll, you'll be able to, to figure that out once you begin to grow um, and a habit of studying, you, you begin to, to find out uh, when is a good time to be alert and when is a good time to, you know, get into this word. So, all right, cool. Anybody else want to add one more? I'll take one more. Yeah, I know I missed the beginning of this discussion, but for me, I learned early on that that morning thing, as beautiful as it is, does not work for me because that is most definitely not my time of day when I'm at my most alert and at my best. And I remember God asking me one time, because I used to believe that. I, I, I mean, early in the morning will I seek thee. I had that little quote memorized. I, don't even, I can't tell you what book that's in, but I just knew it was early in the morning will I seek thee. And I would be struggling through Bible study, and the Lord asked me one day, why am I getting your worst time of day? I was, I was healed of that from that moment forward. I give him my best time of day, which is usually at night. <laughs> Maybe in the afternoon sometimes, but never 5, 6 o'clock in the morning. Okay. Awesome. Yep. Like I said, everybody varies. So you begin to find, you know, what time works for you. So, okay. Awesome. Um, looks like everybody's been, um, for those who have the book, been doing their reading. So that is, that's good um, to see. So let's go ahead and um, dive into this, to this lesson here. Um, before we hit the devotional method, I want to um, teach on revelation. Um, so, um, if you had the opportunity to go to the Dropbox link and to pull up the slides for today, um, you'll begin, you'll, um, you'll see the, um, lesson on revelation. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about that and then hop into the devotional method. Okay. Um, also in the Dropbox, you'll see, um, the same, um, sheet that is on, I think, page 45 or 47 in your book. Um, just in case you don't like writing in your book, um, there's a Word document that you could just type in when you're doing the devotional method and things like that. Um, also, there are some charts in there as well that um, are, um, that are, that are going to be presented in the PowerPoint, okay? 
So let's go ahead and get started. Before you start, before you start, I want sure. to remind everybody that the expectation is that we are all present. Uh-oh. That we are all present. And the way to be present in this class, your screen must not be blocked out. Uh, I want to remind everybody, I, I said that last week and we put out the reminder via uh, the family page that your screen must not be blocked out. We must, that's the only way at this point we can make sure that people aren't just on here and off in a whole nother time zone and we will know that you guys are at least present because we can see each other. But if you are blacked out, I can't. I can't assume that you are, you know, listening to the lesson and engaging. Okay. And for those of you who want to go into leadership, teach and preach and stuff like this is a requirement. So just please keep that in mind. Okay. Awesome. All right. So, um, so like I said, um, we're going to be talking about, um, what is revelation and the process of um, you know how we got the written revelation, we're going to just touch on that a little bit, and then we'll hop into um, the devotional method here. Okay, so of course, um, like all other classes that I teach, there is a nice, lovely quiz. So let's go ahead and hop into that. So uh, from last week, um, someone tell me what is a disciple. A student, a learner. Yep, a student, a learner of Jesus Christ. That's right. And um, as you as you all know, like that's the term that we've been using a lot in church. Um, being a disciple, um, meaning that you've dedicated your life uh, to to Jesus Christ and to learn more about Him. Okay. Um, what is, according to the Yisha Know the Truth chart, uh, what is the next step after salvation, after being a believer? Discipleship. Right, right. Um, discipleship. So make sure you guys are answering. We don't want pastor to answer all the questions. But yes, <laughs> discipleship. Um, Thank you, Pastor. <laughs> so... Um, I was loud because I was confused. I like, wait, a disciple. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. You already know I, I throw those doozies out there. Wait, wait. So, um, so yeah, we have to understand that you know once you become a believer, it's not automatic that you become a disciple. It is a decision that you make. Like I want to go further in God. I want to learn more about Him. So that is the next step after. Um, being saved. So we talked about the difference, <clears throat> excuse me, the difference between a believer and disciple. Um, we talked about how the believer, um, even though they're saved, they still see things from the world's perspective. Um, so that they don't um, have that, that knowledge, um, that deep things of God, because they haven't really dedicated themselves to learn of God. Okay. So how long are you a disciple for? Forever. That's right. Forever. Um, you should always position yourself to be a learner of Jesus Christ, um, no matter 
um, if you are uh, being called to office or um, being called to to um, to use a certain spiritual gift and all that stuff at the at the end of the day you will always be a continual learner of jesus christ okay because um what we are learning that um god he reveals himself in a progressive way to each um each believer and so um you always have to position yourself to to take in to be open um to receiving more um, from the Holy Spirit um, as he continues to illuminate the word. You can never exhaust um, the Bible. You can never say that you know everything about the Bible um, because once you get to that point where you think you know, I, I'm t I guarantee you God will flip the script and begin to show you things that you have never seen before. So you have to always um, keep yourself open, okay? So the last question. Um, what are the four levels of learning in discipleship? This one's kind of kind of like, ooh, I'll give you the first one. How about that? The first level of learning is training. Can someone give me the next one? Would it be teaching? Say that again. Would it be, I don't have the book, but would it be teaching? That is the same as training. Okay, gotcha. Is studying the same as? Studying, <laughs> yes, yes. Studying is, uh, is uh, the second step. Anybody remember the third? This from last week? Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, obeying or discerning, recognizing truth. That that is um, that is the uh, the steps of knowing truth. Yeah, uh -huh. that's steps of knowing truth. But remember, um, the the next one is mentoring. Mentoring. <laughs> yes. Uh -huh. Yeah, that means someone is coming into your life and, and begin to, to mentor you. You guys remember the last one? <clears throat> Being the... Go ahead, because I was about to say it. <laughs> Go ahead. I want to see my head right. Go ahead. Modeling. Being the example is what I said. Being yeah. modeling. <laughs> yep. So those are the levels of learning. So when you become a disciple, you are in training. Just think about how the disciples were, were, were brought up. They came under, under Jesus. Um, they, were, they were trained. And then um, they studied. And then they were mentored by Jesus Christ. And then they became the model. So that's, that's, how, that's how it works, okay? Um, so you can't, you can't, you can't lead anybody if you haven't been trained. And then in the studying, remember that studying happens between you and the Holy Spirit. So you come, you come to, to church, you come to gatherings like this and you get the training. We, we help build you up 
okay? As leaders, that is our job, to help build you up, to help um, you to understand how to look at scripture. And then once you, um, once you uh, get, get together with the Holy Spirit, when it's just you and the Holy Spirit, that's when the Holy Spirit begins to illuminate that word to you. He begins to teach you as well. He begins to um, give you the deeper things of God, okay? But um, yeah, and so then you get to a point where um, you are mature enough to receive correction. You, you, receive, you get, uh, become mature enough to, to receive um, additional teaching, learning how to operate in various gifts and things like that. And then you get to a point when you you become the teacher and so um paul you know he he was talking to i think it was the corinthian church he said you know you ought, you ought to be teachers by now so you know why do i have to keep um teaching you all you guys have mm -hmm. the knowledge and the understanding um but you're, you're you're not mature enough so you all should should become teachers by now okay all right good it's a little rough but uh we made it through the quiz so <laughs> So, uh, right, 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 right. It's it's a, what seventy five percent. That's uh that's uh that's passing. <laughs> so and if it was uh, uh according to when when I was growing up in high school, our um, grading scale was very strict. So like a seventy was 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 a D. Like that's fail. Like yeah. So <laughs> I won't grade y'all on that on that scale, but. We did pretty good. No, nah, we need Cincinnati Public School. Right, I was in Cincinnati Public, but that's the one in here. So we, yeah, it was very strict. Yeah, <laughs> sixty nine is an F. Like, no, 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 that's a high D. What are you talking about? I passed. Like, no. <laughs> so, so yeah, okay. Let's go ahead and hop into this lesson. Um, God's revelation um, is progressive. Um, as we um, are going to start learning that God, he reveals himself little by little um, to, to the people of God. And, um, and so we've, uh, let's see, we'll go to this one. All things have been handed over to me by the father and no one knows the son except the father, nor does anyone know the father except the son and anyone to whom the son wills to reveal him and so um god he re revealed um revelation about himself to the people of god um in the bible and then when you get to the um, new testament um now the responsibility was for jesus to reveal who god was to the people of god okay so the only way that we can get to the father is what through the son and so we have to um, learn about who God is through the Son, okay? Um, and so dispensations. Now, I know you all been hearing this word. We've been throwing it out a lot, especially um, during um, Saturday services and, and Bible study. Uh, dispensation. So a dispensation is an economy of time. God holds them, the them as people of God, accountable to the amount of revelation given at that time, okay? So in each dispensation or economy of time, God holds them accountable to the amount of revelation given at that time. With each dispensation, God gives more revelation about himself and mankind is responsible and held accountable, okay? They are only accountable to the amount of truth 
God releases at that time. And so this chart here, now this chart is available in the Dropbox, so you can look at it on a big, bigger scale, but this chart here is the chart of dispensations. Now there are seven dispensations that are um, alluded to in the Bible. And when we went over the covenant series, um, a lot of the covenants fall under these dispensations. Okay, so for, for instance, when we talked about the Adamic and Edenic covenant, it fell under innocence and conscience, okay? So um, Edenic falls under innocence, Adamic falls under conscience, okay? And then when you, uh, conscience and human government. Um, so when you get into uh, the Abrahamic covenant, that's the promise. Okay, so that's the dispensation of promise. So each dispensation, God, he reveals a little bit more about himself, and they are responsible and held accountable um, of the um, information that God has revealed to them. Okay, so we know that with, when you get to the, um, the dispensation of law, that's when the law was given, right? Um, that's the Mosaic law. That's the covenant. And then um, the, the Davidic covenant is under law too, um, going into grace, but not in grace, but going into grace with the Davidic covenant because the grace covenant doesn't occur until the shedding of blood, okay? And then that's when you get the new covenant under grace, okay? So that is what we are under. We are under grace. We are under the new covenant. And so... Um, because of where we are, we have more information about God than um, any other um, people of God in, in history, okay? And so we are responsible um, for what we, um, what we received about God, okay? And then next is kingdom, you know, that's the, when we're going into the end time and, and things like that. So um, this is the child dispensation. So I want you all to, you know, look over this and begin to, you know, study this and look at the, the various notes on here and also look at the scriptures that are, that are given um, on this chart so you can understand. So when we throw out the word dispensation, you're able to know like, okay, um, well, um, they mentioned they're talking about Psalms. So Psalms is under law. So that means it's under the dispensation of law and things like that. Like you begin to start computing automatically when, uh, when people are talking. So you have an idea of what to expect during that time. Okay. Um, any questions about dispensation before I, before I move on? That understanding helps you with your hermeneutics. Yes, yes, yes. All the all this um, information that I'm about to talk about, the charts and things like that. Yes, it's going to help you when you're looking at um, scripture when it comes to content, content, um, uh, words. We're going to look at the author's intent. You're going to look at background. You're going to look at scripture. All this is going to help you. Yep. When you when you're doing um, hermeneutics and exegeting the word as well. Yep. Good. So when we um. Uh, following the thread all the way up to now, mm -hmm. um, I just it just blessed me when you got to this part about dispensations and revelation, mm -hmm. and especially the dispensation we are in now, which is grace, mm -hmm. and how it is we are responsible for the revelation given for this dispensation. So we have a responsibility to learn as well as a responsibility to release and help others to understand the dispensation we're in and what has been done in this dispensation. 
Right, correct. Yep, yep, yep. Good. All right, anybody else? All right, cool. So yeah, just um, counseling, just look over it um, to, to become familiar with it, okay? And use it in your study if you need to, okay? So let's go ahead and talk about the progressive nature of God. So in scriptures, God is revealing information to mankind um, about um, himself. So you cannot know God unless he reveals it. Um, he inspired man to write about it. Um, God, he reveals himself about his plan of salvation. So we wouldn't know that we are in need of saving unless God had revealed it to us, okay? Um, everything about God is told. Um, it is just a matter of the Holy Spirit illuminating that thing to us, okay? Um, from the Old Testament, it was a progressive incline. Let me show you um, another chart, a progressive incline. You guys see that red line that's kind of going um, kind of going up diagonal at the bottom. This is the um, show you how revelation works. It's a progressive um, incline, okay? Movement of God revealing himself to people. So then when Jesus came on the scene, if you see kind of where that blue, like the red kind of turns into blue. Um, let me see if I have my pointer here. I don't know if you can see my arrow on the screen, but um, there's a blue line right there that's when kind of jesus came on the scene um revelation began to plateau um because at that point there jesus is responsible um for giving revelation and jesus ends revelation okay um so uh like i said um when we got to a point um uh, when jesus remember the the point when jesus was baptized and um, Father, he opened the heavens and said, you know, um, here's my beloved son, hear he him. Um, so from that point there, everything that we need to know about the Father, Jesus was responsible to releasing it. And then with the, um, with the last book of the Bible, it's Revelation written by John. He was the human author, but the divine author was Jesus Christ, okay? When you look at it in Revelations one and one, it tells you who is writing, the divine author, who was writing this book, and it's Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ ends revelation, okay? So there is no more revelation in the sense of everything that we need to know about God has already been released, okay? And it's, and it's final. Now we have the written revelation, okay? So before, as revelation was being revealed, it was being revealed through dreams, through signs, through, you know, through visions. Um, and so those, those were the, the avenues that, that God was revealing himself to people. And then um, some of the people, um, prophets and apostles were inspired to write the revelation, okay? So that's inspiration. When you're given something and you are inspired to write. So this is, um, this is new, uh, new information about God. They were inspired to write that down. And that's how we got scriptures, okay? Um, and so now we have the written revelation in our hands because of, um, there were prophets and apostles that were inspired to write it down, okay? So let me- I have a question. Sure. 
can you go back and explain what you mean when you said Jesus Christ ended uh, revelation? Yep. So Jesus Christ, he was given, like I said, like the last book of the Bible is revelation. Right. And, um, it was, so when you look at, um, script, when you look at the books of the Bible, look at scripture, there are always two authors. You always got the human author and the divine author. Mm -hmm. And, um, from the old, so we know from the old covenant, God, he was the divine author. Okay. And so when you get into, um, even when you get into the, uh, the new covenant, when, when Paul is writing, he is under um, the unction of the Holy Spirit to, to write, okay? So then when you get to Revelation, when you um, read the first chapter, first verse of Revelation, you see that the human author switches from God to Jesus Christ. So because the last book, um, the last revelation that is given is from Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ there ended revelation. As far as what we need to know about God, Jesus, um, Jesus uh, gave what we need. Like he was the last person to tell, to tell um, about okay, um, the plan of God and things okay, like that. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah, okay. Okay. Yep. So, um, so what we, what we, um, what we receive, like anytime, you know, when people say, you know, I got this revelation, I got this revelation, things like that, you're not getting anything new. Right. Mm -hmm. You, you are getting uh, illumination. Illumination. Right. Yes. So, um, so you could say, I was reading this scripture and man, the Lord revealed to me, I got this revelation. What you're saying is, man, the Holy Spirit illuminated something. Mm-hmm. He shined his light on something. And now I have a clear understanding of the written revelation. Yes. So okay. that is a, that is a revealing, isn't it? Yeah. It's a reveal. Yeah. God's revealing it to you, but it's not revelation in the terms of anything new, like hot off the presses from, from the heaven. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. everything that God wants to, to reveal is, is in his written God word. Right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, and so he's revealing. Been made, it has yeah. been made known unto you. Right. Yep. Now, now you're coming into, into terms of, of it, into grips of it. Like, oh, yeah. So that's illumination. That's the proper word. Yeah. When they word. When oh. say that they was reading, I was reading something. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I, uh, in reading this, wow, something is illuminated. I got a revelation, a revealed, a revealed word on the word. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah. you could say that, but, you know, the... The term is illumination. So you're, yeah, you're being revealed. But when we, um, like the, the general definite definition of, of revelation is something new that you received from, from God about him. But um, like I said, like everything is being already been revealed in his word about him. We're just coming into the grips of it. So it's just, you know, it's semantics, but it's just, um, I just wanted to make sure that we all have an understanding of terminology, things like that. So, um, you know, if someone says, you know, I got a revelation, I mean, it's cool, you know, whatever, but we know that they really mean illumination. Okay. So, yeah. All right. You know, speaking of illumination, something that I was illuminated on this past week that I had never really thought of before for some reason, I don't know why, Mm -hmm. but 
when Paul is telling Timothy, all scripture is God breathed mm -hmm. and it's useful for correction and, and teaching and, and everything. At that time, the Septuagint would have been mostly what they all had. Yes, yes, yes. That, that was illuminating to me because yes. I really thought of it like that. Yeah, because at yeah. that time, the New Testament was not written. Right. <laughs> they were living it. Yes. And so um, during the church age, they were receiving illumination and revelation. Yes. They were getting illumination about the old, the old Testament. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, they were getting revelation about the new. Could you, <laughs> could you imagine, <laughs> you know, living in that wow. time? When yeah. God is, he's explaining his word through his son, but at the same time, he's giving you something new. And so that's why Paul, you know, he, he, Paul didn't realize when he was writing the letters that they will become scripture. Like Paul was just writing to churches because they were, you know, they had concerns, they had questions and things like that. But the, but the divine author knew that what Paul was writing was going to become scripture. Amen. Yep. Yeah. So, yep. All they had was the Septuagint. Um, and I encourage you all to look at the Septuagint and look to see what books were available to them because a lot of the, the apostles, the, the, the writers of the um, New Testament, which is Paul, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Well, Luke was an apostle, but he was a, um, a physician, a, a, a scribe, if you want to call him that. Um, a lot of a lot of them they quote from these books that we don't have, especially Mark. Mark, when we read Mark, Mark is he's real quick in his writing, but that book of Mark is a doozy. That that, that thing is tripping me up right now because I'm doing a, <laughs> I'm doing a study in Mark, and he uses so um, so many uh, references of books that we don't even have in our, in our um, Protestant canon, in our books, there's 66 books. He's quoting a lot of books that are in the uh, Septuagint. So, and even um, the books we, we, you know, we call Apocrypha and all that stuff, he, he quotes from there too. A lot of the uh, rabbinic teachings. Um, I, I, I don't know if you all remember me talking about the Mishnah and the Talmud. And all those books, Mark quotes from it and it's, or alludes to it. And it's, it's amazing. Okay. So, yeah. Yep. But one so. thing in the absence of all of that, because sometimes you can get to a place and feel, okay, well, I don't have access to this, that, and the other. That means that uh, uh, I am not really getting the fullness of a thing. But one thing that uh, I keep in mind and in heart the Holy Spirit is the presence word, the present word of God who will lead and guide you and help to bring whatever we do have, it will come into full circle of everything we need to know about God and about the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, yes. We have the uh, Holy Spirit that is inside of us, yes, to, to teach us. In. Um, and th the crazy thing is we think that a lot of these teachings are not available, but they are. They're out there. And so the Holy Spirit you know, with his gentle guiding, he will um, allow you to get to the point where you're 
because um, a lot of people are not comfortable with looking at external resources. You know, they're just comfortable with looking at the 66 books, which is fine. Um, but um, if you want to get the deeper things of God, you got to start connecting some things. Uh, I don't know if you all remember um, in the introduction to, to Christ's lesson, um, I didn't just start out with, you know, the birth of Jesus Christ. I started out with the dark ages. And we were taught that, um, you know, it's dark ages. There wasn't anything really going on. It was quiet, you know, wasn't no revelation, nothing being revealed. But at that time, um, there were a lot of things going on that will connect, that will start bridging the Old Testament and the New Testament together. Because we, um, we, I talked about uh, with the dark ages and, and the books that were released at that time, this is the time that Daniel prophesied in, um, in Daniel 9. He called this the time of the Gentiles. And so um, the time of the Gentiles is when Israel was under captivity, under Babylon, under, under Persia, under Greece, and under Rome. And all that information is available during what we call the Dark Ages. And so God, he, I believe, this just just me, I believe that once you um, get to a point of, 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 of learning, you have that yearning of learning more, God is going to be able to open up doors for you to, to receive it. And so he allowed us to have this type of platform, allowing us to know that like, beyond the 66 books there is more information out there to begin to close that distance gap the things that we are missing in order for it to make sense and so um when i talked about in the um, introduction to the bible we we um, have an understanding that the 66 books was was put together by a faith community that thought that these books were authoritative and we looked at the process of how they kept throwing out books and putting them in and throwing out books. And cause they thought like, oh, that's not inspired. So we ain't gonna put that. But when you look at other, other um, religions and such as like the Catholic religion, uh, they under, under Christianity, uh, Catholicism under Christianity uh, or, or Catholicism is under, no, I got that wrong. Christianity is under Catholicism. And so, uh, so they have like 80, 89 books that they have and things like that. So I just want to encourage you all um, to when, when God begins to show you, you know, external things um, that are not in the 66 books, don't, don't become scared. So this is why training is so important. We're helping you to understand that um, many of these books are okay and it's going to help you um, bridge the gap with a lot of things, okay? So I just wanted to just kind of throw that out there um, that, you know, um, the Holy Spirit, with, like I said, with a gentle nudging, he'll, he'll begin to increase your appetite. He begins to expand your capacity to learn more about him. Okay. All right. Let's go ahead and continue. Yep. Yeah, it's 10 15. So I want to make sure I finish this. Um, and, uh, Hebrews one, uh, one through two, it says in many separate revelations, each of which set forth a portion of truth and in different ways, God spoke of old to our forefathers in and by the prophets. 
but in the last of these days, he has spoken to us um, in the person of a son, of the son, whom he appointed heir and lawful owner of all these things, also by and through whom he created the worlds and the reaches of space and the ages of time. He may produce, build, operate it, and arrange them in order. So we see here, um, in the scripture here, this is kind of a description of the dispensations, like in separate revelations and separate times. Um, he, God was revealing um, himself to the forefathers and the prophets. And then in the last days, which means the, the church age, um, meaning the time where Jesus was, was alive, was, um, was on earth, um, he's spoken um, about himself through his son okay whom he appointed heir and lawful owner of all things okay so that's kind of um the scripture that you will use to uh to speak on um how um god um how the how the uh, jesus was the um source of revelation during the last days of the of the church times okay all right so revelation um is uh Revelation or general revelation is an act of revealing or communicating divine truths, something that is revealed by God to humans, okay? So here, this chart is available in your Dropbox as well. Here is the process in order for us to even get to, you know, application. These are the things that we must consider. So God's thoughts, um, we start with God's thoughts. And revelation is God's manifestation of himself and his will to man. Okay, so that is revelation, how God, is, he's given himself uh, through, uh, to man through thought. Okay, and so uh, when the uh, certain apostles and, and prophets receive God's thoughts, they are inspired to write it down. And that's how we got scripture. Okay. And then um, that's how we got the original manuscript of scripture, okay? And through, um, cop through copies and through people, you know, translating through throughout the centuries and things like that, um, we got the canon, which we have. So the, the book, like the King James Version or, or the NIV or whatever, that is a canon of scripture that is called the Protestant canon. And uh, we learned in, in introduction to the Bible, like I said, like there are uh, various numbers of canons out there. There's the Catholic um, canon, there is the Greek Orthodox, there's an the Ethiopian uh, canon of scripture. They have like 90 something books. Um, there's the Mormons, you know, everybody got their own, own canon of scripture. And then, you know, you get, like I said, uh, various translations, um, and so uh, before, even, even when we got to the English Bible, there are more languages out there. And so when you're constantly translating from various languages, you begin to lose a lot of words. And uh, we talked about last week how the Greek language, which is the original language of the New Testament, how the Greek language um, have over 11,000 words, whereas the English language, we only have 6,000. And so we lose a lot of words. Like we know that um, for the word love, there are about four or five different words for love, but the English translation only says love. And so that's why it's so important to when you're reading scripture and looking at things to 
really look at the original language because it may say love and we have our own connotation of what love is. But, uh, but the Greek, the original language has a whole different idea. Okay. And so uh, while we're reading the scripture, we get illumination. That's when the Holy Spirit illuminates our understanding of scripture. And then uh, from that understanding of scripture, we get application. Okay. And then we're able to communicate it. Um, people see it through our actions and through our, our speech and things like that. And then um, others receive God's word through our speech and deeds. So speech and deeds is when you um, come into spiritual gifts um, through word and deed. And so uh, we begin to build up one another uh, through, through our speech and, and through the deeds of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Um, any questions about that? that whole process. I just kind of flew, flew through it, but uh, I just wanted to give you all kind of a visual of how it works, how, you know, it comes right off hot, hot presses from God and it comes through man. Um, they were um, inspired to write it. Um, <coughs> it was um, canonized um, from various different faith communities. And then while we're reading it, we receive illumination and then uh, we, we receive application and then we're able to spread it. I think Tamaya raised her hand. Go ahead, Tamaya. Yeah, I just want, um, can you repeat how many words are in the Greek language? Um, in the Greek, it's like 11,000, 11, over 11,000 words. And in English, it's only 6,000, over 6,000 words. So we're missing That's about like, you know, four, four to 5,000 words there, yep. Anybody else? I'm trying to find my notes because I have the exact number. Notes. Okay, cool. All right, let's go ahead and continue. So revelation is divided into two broad categories. We got general and special revelation. Under general revelation is immediate and immediate revelation. So in immediate revelation, God reveals himself in his glory through medium, medium of creation. So um, Psalms 19, I mean, Psalms 19 and 1, it says the heavens are are telling the glory of God and their expanse is declaring the works of his hands. So in, in nature, we begin to see who God is. Okay. So that is a way of God revealing himself through nature. Okay. Um, for since the creation of his world, um, his visible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood through what has been made so that, that we are out without excuse for even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks but they became futile in their speculations and foolish hearts were darkened. So let me explain this one. Um, in the beginning of time, okay, um, God, he revealed himself to man, okay? So when you begin to study ancient and Near Eastern cultures, um, such as um, Egyptian culture, even the Chinese culture, um, you, when, when you start um, studying um, cultures that were, um, that were established before the Israelite culture, you see that they, they all were given some type of revelation about God, but they twisted it in some type of way. Um, when you really begin to study, you, you will see that they all have the same story. Now, in the book of Genesis, from book of Genesis from chapters 1 through 11, we have the story of creation, fall, flood, and Tower of Babel. 
when you look at other religions, they have the same stories, the same storyline. They may have different characters, but they have the same storyline. You see a lot of religions, they have, um, they have this, um, this immaculate conception. Uh, many of them have that same story, you know, Madonna and all that stuff. And so, um, so don't count it strange when you're looking at cultures that were that are uh, that were established before the Israelites um, that they have the same kind of storylines we do don't be discouraged because here in this scripture here it tells you why they have the same stories because God revealed himself um, and so they took what God uh, had given them and they twisted it they did not honor him as God and it says, and give thanks, but became futile in their speculations and foolish in their hearts and in their hearts were darkened. Okay. So that's, um, uh, example of just, you know, general revelation. Okay. So in immediate revelation, um, God goes beyond revealing himself through, uh, mediation of creation. Instead, he implants an innate knowledge of himself inside human beings. The apostle Paul made this clear because that which is known about God is evident within them for God made it evident to them. Okay. And so when we get into um, special revelation, this is revelation that was given to the people of God. Okay. Um, God's redemptive revelation con conveyed by wondrous acts and words. Okay. Um, so let's define who the people of God are. Uh, that's, um, the Israel Israelites or Jews, you got the um, the Old Testament, the uh, the sorry, the uh, the New Covenant Jews, and the New Covenant Church. Okay, so you got. Let me go back to that chart because this chart showed it, um, so you can see what I am talking about. Um. Now, now you all remember, uh, uh, pastor, he kind of, uh, he threw out there that they were, that I, that I, uh, was coming in my studies and I, I come across that there were like six type of saints. So here it is in this chart. Okay. Um, you got, you see where, let me see if I can point it on the screen. You see my pointer. You see where it says like primeval and patriarchal and nations of saints. The uh, nations of Israel, these are saints, okay? So when we get to heaven, you're going to be, when we talk about revelation, all that stuff, this will make more sense. But there are prime evil saints. So those who believed in the prime evil um, times, which is like Adam and Eve and Noah, um, when you get to the patriarchs, that's when you get in uh, with uh, Abraham, uh, Joseph, um, Jacob, and all and all of them that believed that believed in God. Um, then you got the nation of Israel. Shoot, okay, the nation of Israel. That is a group of saints, and then but they they are called the uh, the old. Uh, let me let me make sure I, I say this right. The old covenant saints and then you come into the new covenant uh, which is uh which is the uh the jews so the new covenant jews okay and then you got the church and then um when when it says israel and the nation that is the tribulation saints 
um, and that there's going to be a time in Revelation um, through through tribulation. Those who survive the tribulation, God, Jesus is going to come back down and raise them, raise them up. So they're going to be known as the tribulation saints. They're going to be separated, separate from us. So when we, I'm not going to go into deep details, but when we get to heaven, there's going to be um, a separation of saints. So there, there's the six groups of saints right there, and all of them were responsible for uh, a, a revelation that was re, that was revealed to them by God. Uh, Bobby, go ahead. Ask your question. Didn't mean to. I'm just trying to figure out how to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can look at drop boxes and pointers uh, without going to like the lessons that you sent us. But okay, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Later, I'll figure it out. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So oh, yeah. Um, I don't know how to raise my hand on this thing. I don't know what you do. To, I don't know how. I accidentally, to, I accidentally I did it. <laughs> No, I don't know how to even do it. So I'll let you open it up for questions because I do have a statement. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Well, when you were talking about, I was listening to you saying saints. So basically, because everything is just like it's various category, categories, mm -hmm. like it's different categories, but the word saint stays saint. It's just the various categories and what those particular people at a point in time or what type of saint they were am, am i following you on that right um yeah what, what type of people of god they are or whatever yeah okay well what about the one you were saying this out now maybe maybe i misunderstood it's like like it's some evil saints or something <laughs> say, that <again? laughs> say that again i'm sorry i missed it is, is, that, is that like you said something i thought you said something like, like some... yeah i missed it because people were talking over Okay, did you say you were saying like the saints of God? But I'm like, you did have a category like the evil saints. Are they the saints of God? But I'm just trying to understand these categories. Did I say something about evil? Prime, prime evil. evil. No, 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 not evil. not evil. Like mean prime evil. Mean the the time period. That's the prime oh, evil. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. That was me. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's spelled P R I M E V A L. So not evil. <laughs> okay, okay. All yeah. right. I'm not, evil okay. is a it's a time in history. <laughs> right. yeah, well, I'm trying to follow these saints and these categories. That kind of get me. Okay. No, we ain't gonna have no evil saints in heaven. Amen. <laughs> okay. How we get Okay. No, that's hilarious. Okay. So there are various categories. Yes. Uh, uh, there's not. I mean. We're talking about saints. We're talking about saints. We're talking about the people of God. Yes. Uh, but at the same time, in a dispensation, I, I'm just using them. I know you're gonna say no, mother. That ain't. No, you're good. No, you're good. Yeah, yeah. But in a certain dispensation or a certain categories is what these saints fall into. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because they had different requirement uh, for believing in God. Because only a certain. Being, because what category? Go ahead. In? I'm sorry. What category we fall in? Where we we are the church saints. Oh, that's what we call. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's new to me. Okay. Yes, we are the church saints because we have when we get to heaven, we're gonna have a different responsibility than from the other saints. What did he tell you? Our responsibility gonna be elder. <laughs> always pushing for this is TLC. I love so. Yeah. Okay. So we're we're going to have the responsibility to judge angels and there's going to be in okay in church saints 
there are going to be different levels in church saints too. So this is why I keep emphasizing rewards because um, those with crowns and things like that, we're going to, some, some are going to have the responsibility to judge angels. Some are going to have the responsibility to go down with, with Jesus to rule um, again on earth. Okay. So um, I got you now. Yeah. I just got church saying, that's why I needed you to unwrap that, but I see where you at. Yeah. Okay, thank you. For yeah, that. because mm-hmm. those the primeval and the patriarch and the uh, old covenant saints, they're not going to have that responsibility. Right. We have that responsibility. Right. Now there you. are some in the old uh, covenant uh, that represents the tribe tribe of Israel. There's going to be twelve from each tribe. The hundred, uh, uh, the hundred and forty four thousand. That's going mm-hmm. twelve thousand from each tribe. From each twelve tribes, they're going to be coming back down on earth to minister to mm-hmm. to the jews um during the tribulation time mm-hmm. and so those who survive the tribulation those who believe in god during the tribulation and survive those are going to be called the tribulation saints and they're going to be separated from us from the church mm-hmm. but yet they're going to be in heaven okay yeah, man, oh when we get there we'll talk about all that and stuff yeah. but uh <laughs> So yeah, that's the uh, that's the saints. Okay, that, that helped me a whole lot. That helped me a okay, whole lot. Okay, awesome, awesome. All right, uh, I have one question yes, about the, the tribulation saints. <laughs> yes, because you've been you've been using the term "survive the tribulation saints," uh-huh. Uh-huh. but it has always been my understanding that many of them will be beheaded. So I don't know if I would think of that as surviving the tribulation. Well, a lot of them are going are going you know, are, um, are going, okay. So during the tribulation, it's a seven year period. So the first three years, uh, first three and a half, no, the last three and a half years of it is going to be worse from the first three and a half years. It's going mm-hmm. to be a lot of things that's, um, makes you, uh, when you read a revelation, uh, probably like 16 through 19 or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. it talks about all the details of what's going to happen, um, through the tribulation, those who who survive it, those who uh, uh, believed and survived the whole fiasco that what's going on during that seventh year, God is uh, Jesus is going to come back down and raise them up. So yeah, there's going to be like what what people think we're going through now is tribulation, like the end of the world and all that stuff. This ain't this ain't the end of the world. No, <laughs> this is not. This is nothing. No. <laughs> to, to compare to what they right. have to deal with in tribulation. What we're experiencing now is the, we're getting close to the end of the church yeah. age. Yes, yes. <laughs> because if this is tribulation, then why am I still here on earth? Because I, because the, the church saints mm-hmm. are not supposed to experience tribulation. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So my soul just got real happy. Listen. <laughs> I know that's right. Because <laughs> <laughs> people are saying, you know, we, the church going to have to go through church because there are, there are those that are called uh, pre, uh, post-millennium, mm-hmm. oh shoot, pre, uh, post-trib, meaning that, um, that the church ain't going to be raised up until after tribulation. No, mm-hmm. we, uh, according to scripture, mm-hmm. one day we'll talk about revelation, but uh, when we uh, get to scripture, we realize that we are snatched up in chapters four and five, we, uh, chapter four, we're snatched up in chapter four before, uh, before evil is really released. Because when we are snatched up, the Holy Spirit's coming with us. 
And the Holy Spirit right now is really restraining evil yes. to earth. Okay. We think that, you know, there's some bad things and, good, you know, this it's just a result of human nature. A lot of stuff is going because of mm-hmm. human nature, but the Holy Spirit is really restraining. That's what you call common grace. God, he gives common grace to everybody. Yes. Um, that's when the Holy Spirit is really restraining himself. But when the, um, when God, when Jesus comes and meets us in the air and calls us up, the Holy Spirit is coming with us, and then the um, evil is going to be released. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, so mm. we ain't going to experience that. So that is something to rejoice. <laughs> for real. Church. I'm a church saint. Hallelujah. Yes. You, you are a church saint. Right. I'm a church saint. <laughs> I'm going to saying that for now on. I'm a church saint. That's uh, you'll see in the um in the Catholic Church, they they call everybody saints and all that stuff because they think that there's some type of gods and all that stuff. No, that that ain't that ain't saints. No, mm-hmm. they they messed all that up. So, <laughs> hey, uh, other Camille. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I just got a quick question because of time. Are we going to go into this Bible study method next week? We just no, finish? no. I'm about to hit it right now. Okay. I'm hitting it right now. Lord. I said, my God. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't expect for you. You know how you teach. You just keep going and going. TLC. You know they pull. There you go. We chat. We're chatting. You know. <laughs> you know. We're chatting. So I didn't. I didn't expect to, to to go through all that. But let me let me say this point. Then I hop into devotional method with special uh, revelation. So special revelation is given to um, the people of God. Uh, they were, like I said, it was given the apostles and prophets and they were inspired to write it down. Okay. Um, so when, when um, any prophet said, thus saith the Lord, that instantly they, they knew that that was God communicating, um, communicating to them and it became um, authoritative. God also communicated through dreams and trances. Okay. Um, and so let's hop into, I think we talked, we talked about inspiration. Um how uh see inspiration is god's thoughts understood in human language god breathed biblical inspiration is the doctrine of in theology that states that the authors and editors of the bible were led or influenced by god resulting in writings um being designated as the word of god okay so a holy god plus an unholy man equals god's written word okay and you may say, man, you know, we're unholy, we're prone to error, but we have to understand that when, we're, when they were writing, they were being filled with the Holy Spirit to write. So they were under the superintendency of the, of the Holy Spirit while they were writing. So the, the, while, uh, while the Bible was being put together, the Holy Spirit was overseeing all of it. Okay? So that's why the original manuscript is perfect, but the translation that we have now has error, but because the, the translations that we have now has a lot of error because of you know wording and language, we have the divine author, the one who was overseeing it all from the beginning, we have, that, we have him inside of us to help us to understand scripture, okay? Mm-hmm. All right, let's go ahead and hop into this devotional method. Okay, so the uh, 
As we begin looking at the devotional method of Bible study, we should keep in mind that each of these methods are only effective in the proportion to the foundation a student has uh, student has for study. There must be a priority given to the training of the usage of Bible study tools. Okay, um, so in your book on page, I think it's like page thirty-four, page. Um, I'm trying to remember on top of my head, page thirty-four, I believe. Um, it talks about the de devotional method, 33. Um, it gives you the definition. It says the devotional method of study involves taking a passage of, of the Bible, large or small, and preferably meditating on it until the Holy Spirit shows you a way to apply this truth to your own life in a way that is personal, possible, and provable. Two passages of scripture embodies the elements of the devotional method of study fully. So um, when you read Psalms 119 and uh, 1 Timothy, uh, you, you can see that that method kind of come into light, okay? So let's talk about real quick why application is important. Um, so the Bible was given to change our lives to become more like uh, that of Jesus Christ, okay? The Bible was written to be applied to our lives. The truth of the matter is that we must be careful uh, to keep our eyes on the person, on a personal objective of uh, Bible study and other spiritual disciplines. We know this because Jesus taught his truth directly. Transformation power uh, to become like Jesus Christ is the clear objective of Bible study. You don't just study the Bible just to get a lot of knowledge. According to Corinthians, knowledge is puffed up. You, you uh, walk around thinking you know everything. That was the Corinthian problem. They were very knowledgeable, very gifted, very skillful, but they did not apply the word of God. And so it is very dangerous just to study the word and not apply it. Okay. And uh, Rick Warren, he talks a lot about, uh, he talks a lot about that in, in the book on page like 30, 35, 36 and things like that. Um, so uh, let's see here. Why application is important. Um, you can't really get to know the word of God unless you apply it to your life. So we talked about, um, um, uh, just uh, receiving knowledge, but you have to you have to be able to apply that thing, and that's uh, you begin to to really know more about God um, once you decide to allow that word to just kind of digest in your spirit. So studying the Word of God can be dangerous if you merely study without applying it. Uh, why application is hard work? It requires serious thinking. Man, uh, studying the Word is is a lot of is a lot of work, and sometimes we just don't feel like doing it. <laughs> let's be honest like our flesh sometimes win uh we we, we decide not to do it um because it requires a lot a lot of willpower and a lot of um, thinking because the next one is because satan fights it viciously you know uh like um with trish she was dealing with a lot of distractions and you know uh satan he will try um his, his best to try to stop you from receiving um, illumination. You know, you may have friends and family that may discourage you or, you know, try to push you away to go hang out with them and things like that. Um, and you hate saying no to family and friends. So uh, Satan will use that to try to push you away from getting into his words. So there are various uh, different ways um, that the whole, that the, that Satan will use to, to, uh, to push you away from, um, from learning and applying his word. Uh, we naturally resist change. Okay, a body at rest as it stays at rest until an external greater force pushes it. So uh, we don't like to move. We don't like to. We don't like to uh, get out of, out of our comfort zone. So we resist change. Change is hard for a lot of people, and so um, so application is really hard. 
Um, so let's look at these, the four steps um, to praying for insight on how to apply the passage. Uh, well, I'm sorry, uh, four steps of practical application is to pray for insight on how to apply the, the passage. Um, meditate on the verse you have chosen to study. So when you're doing this assignment, um, you, you choose any, any verse um, or any you know, verse or chapter, whatever. Um, I want you to, to meditate on that. Just chew on it for a little while. Just keep repeating it to yourself. Um, uh, study shows that um, if, if something is um, rehearsed over and over again, up to 13 times, it becomes your reality, it becomes your truth. So you must uh, go ahead and study that thing over and over again, read it. Um, and then you write out what it means to you. Okay, there's no right or wrong answer when it comes to devotional method. Um, you just write, you know, what the Holy Spirit is revealing to you. What is he illuminating to you at that time? Um, just write it out. And then um, another thing is memorize the key verse from your study. Um, if you're doing the verse, try to memorize it. Um, so when you're driving, when you're going out, you can just, you can, you know, you can just meditate and just say it. Uh, so that thing becomes your reality. Okay? So with the devotional method, um, that form is available in the Dropbox. It is in your book too, if you if you don't mind writing in your book. Um, there, um, there is. Um, there's a form that you can use. I promise, I left the house without it. Um, um, there's a form that you can use to go through the devotional method. So um, this is your, your assignment. Um, look at the, the way, um, the, look at the devotional form and begin to pick a scripture. I think in the book, um, they give you some suggestions that you can use. Hold on, let me, let me go to it. Here. Yep, they give you some scriptures that you can use or you can use your own. Um, and um, there is an example of the how to use a devotional study form um, in in your um, in your book. And uh, so I want you just to try it, just to try it out um, to see how how it feels. I know you all already do this. Um, we talked about last week. That, uh, some of you all shared some of your study habits, and you write, you know, what the what the Lord is is. Uh, what the Holy Spirit is um, illuminating to you at that time. And um, this time I want you to write application. How are you going to apply that to your life? Um, and so, and then I want you to memorize that thing too. Okay. So that's the first assignment. Okay. So remember that the personal objective to Bible study um, is Jesus Christ. So objective is Jesus Christ. Uh, remember that the personal means of the Bible study is the Holy Spirit. And remember that the personal target of Bible study is you. Okay. So the Holy Spirit, um, he will help you um, to illuminate. So when you're doing a devotional method, you don't have to use any concordances. You don't have to use, you know, dictionaries, and all that stuff. It's all about what you uh, are receiving at that time from the Holy Spirit. Okay. So you don't have to go in too deep and write a whole chapter of stuff and all that stuff. No, I just want you to, um, I just want you all to just um, read it, hear from the Holy Spirit and write it down. Okay. All right. So everybody's good. Any questions or concerns about this? I know I threw out a whole lot, but um, anybody got anything? Can you repeat the last thing you said? You said the personal objection is Jesus. Then the personal... 
Let me see here. Do it. Um, the personal objective of Bible study. So the objective is Jesus Christ. Uh, remember the personal means of Bible study is the Holy Spirit. Um, remember the personal target of Bible study is you. Thank you. You're welcome. Elder, can you say it one more time? I'm sorry. <laughs> you good. You good. Um, the personal objective of Bible study is Jesus Christ. The personal means of Bible study is the Holy Spirit. And the personal target of the Bible study is you. Okay. And you can see that that's um, on the last page of the, um, of the PowerPoint. Okay. Okay. All right. Everybody's good. Mm -hmm. All right. Any other questions or concerns? Everybody feeling, feeling all right. Mm -hmm. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and pray out. And um, of course, if you all have any questions or anything like that um, throughout the week, you can always uh, message me, um, reach out to me you know, whatever I'm available. So let us pray. Father God, we thank you for this day. Thank you, God, that um, you still reign and you still rule and you are still God alone. God, you, everything that you want us to know about you is in your written word. And we thank you, oh God, that um, that is available to us, Father. Um, even through, um, even through the process of canonization and process of uh, men taking out um, books and adding and taking out your word is still readily available we have the holy spirit um, inside of us oh god the one who um, superintended uh, the one who oversaw everything oh god he is dwelling inside of us so we think the indwelling oh god and as we begin to um uh, do every day um, this is a part of us just being infilled with your word, God. So we thank you, God, for the infilling every day that is available to us, Father. So, God, I pray for uh, my brothers and sisters. I pray, oh, God, you know, that they begin to, to love studying the word of God, um, to grow just a, um, a hunger and um, just wanted to study it, you know, uh, as much as possible, Father, for the word is rich, the word is good, and the word is... Um, it's good for our lives, Father. So we thank you and we lift you up and bless those who are on the way. We thank you for our um, praise team who has um, really de dedicated themselves. We thank you, oh God, for our pastor who has um, dedicated his time to, to study your word, Father. Thank you for the media team that has dedicated their time as well. So we pray, oh God, um, that you um, will get the glory out of, um, out of us, oh God, and everything that we do, we make sure to put you first. So God, we lift you up and um, we bless you and we give you all the praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, you guys. I'll see you all next week. And you guys all right. are here. Thank you. Thanks. Love you, Hopefully, yeah. Love you. <laughs>